the terrible and clever spirit. The spirit of self-annihilation and non-existence, the old man continues. That great spirit spoke with you in the wilderness, and we are told in the scriptures that it tempted you. Is that so? Would it be possible to say anything more true than those things which he had made known to you in three questions, in which you rejected, and which in the scriptures are called temptations? Remember the first question? Though not in literal terms, in a sense was this. You want to go into the world and are going there with empty hands, with a kind of promise of freedom in which they, in their simplicity and unborn turpitude, are unable to even comprehend, which they go in fear and awe of, for nothing has ever been more endurable to man in human society than freedom. Look, do you see those stones in that naked, burning, hot wilderness? Turn them into loaves, and mankind will go trottering after you like a flock. Grateful and obedient, though ever fearful that you may take away your hand, and that your loaves may cease to come their way. But you did not want to deprive man of freedom, and rejected that offer. For what kind of freedom is it to you, you reasoned, if obedience is purchased with loaves? And they will also be persuaded that they will never be able to be free, because they are feeble, depraved, insignificant, and mutinous. You promised them the bread of heaven, but I repeat again, can it compare in the eyes of a weak, eternally depraved, and eternally dishonorable human race with this earthly sort and, and if in the same name of the bread of heaven, thousands of tens of thousands will follow you, and what will become of the millions and tens of millions of creatures who are not strong enough to disdain the earthly bread for the heavenly sort? Or, or are they the only ones who care about the tens of thousands of the great and the strong, while the remaining millions, numerous as the grains of sand in the sea, weak but loving you, must serve as mere raw material for a great and the strong. No, no, we care about the weak too. They are depraved and mutineers, but in the end they too will go obedient, and they will marvel at us, and they will consider us gods, because we, in standing at their head, have consented to endure freedom and rule over them. And so terrible will being free appear to them at last. But then the mother of the dead child utters a resounding wail. She throws herself at his feet. If it is you, then please raise up my child, she exclaims, stretching her out her arms to him. The procession stops. The coffin is lowered onto the parvi floor, to his feet. He gazes with compassion, and his lips softly pronounce, Talitha Kumi. Damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And the girl rises in her coffin, and she sits up, and she looks around her, smiling with astonished, wide-open eyes. 
and in her arms is the bouquet of white roses, which she had lain in the coffin. And among the people, there's confusion, there's shouts, there's sobbings. And all of a sudden, at the very moment, on his way past the cathedral comes the Cardinal Grand Inquisitor himself. And the sticky leaf buds and the beloved tombs and the blue sky. And the woman you love. How are you going to live? What, what are you going to love them with? With a hell like that in your breast, in your head, is it possible? No, of course you're going to join them. And if you don't, you'll kill yourself. You won't oh. be able to endure. There is a power that can endure everything. What power? The Karamazovian power. The power of the Karamazovian way.